0: Hello and welcome. To show some respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's great to be here. Feeling a little ill. Feeling a little sick. Was hoping I had COVID. You know what? Now that there's no enforced isolation period, golden era to get COVID. Because now it's the perfect, actually, you know what? It's also a golden era to to lie about having COVID because there's no, there's absolutely zero consequence. Because you know you don't need to prove it anymore. There's no legal ramifications. There's there's no there's no enforcement of anything. It's just a it's just a golden ticket to get out of what you don't want to do. Um, but no, just a regular cold. Just uh, just your your garden variety sniffle. You know, I this man flu thing, right? This this man flu cultural um, cultural artifact. This idea that that men uh men make a big deal of, of feeling of feeling sick and they they expect sympathy we we're, we're judged for this as men we're, we're called soft we're, we're called you know we're, we're, we're called all of the things that we, men used to call each other in the name of gentle hazing and bullying which is now no longer of no longer okay but when it comes from the other sex when women are calling us soft, because when we feel sick, we want to lie around for a little bit, and we would like some someone to, to care for us. Uh, that that's fine. No, no, no. Let's that's, that's, let's kick him. Let's kick a man when he's down. All right. Let's uh, let's really let, let's stick it to the patriarchy, one virus-clad man at a time. And really, I, I was thinking about it because I, I I've been I, I feel like in my household I haven't received the amount of sympathy that I felt I deserved with my sniffles. Do you know still expected to take the garbage out even when I have a little bit of a cough and my throat is quite sore oh but no that's no excuse oh no no, no. put him to work what is this what, what am I The some like some kind of servant that I, I still need to wash the dishes even when my my temperature you know it's not that it's not that hot that it's it's according to the thermometer perfectly fine but it doesn't it feels hot to me and yet I and yet I still have to contribute to the household it, it does it, maybe, maybe it's man flu, or maybe our generation grew up with mothers who really cared for us. M- maybe you before you was a generation of women who, who looked after their man or little man in the case of their son, maybe, maybe that's it. Or maybe just maybe it's not healthy to be comparing my girlfriend to my mother. Maybe that sparks a greater psychological issue. Should I get into it? What are you, my therapist? I don't have a therapist, but I'm thinking about getting into it. I really am. I've had I've had therapists in the past and um, I don't know how helpful it was in in reality, but the freedom of being able to talk about yourself for an hour. And 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 look, I know what you might be thinking, hey Tom, what is this podcast? Just do this podcast for twice as long and save yourself the $140 and our Medicare dollars. But it's not the same because I'm shouting this into the void. I have no idea if anyone's paying attention. I would rather pay someone to force them to pay attention to me, to make eye contact the entire time, and that their, their job depends on it. Uh, that's what I would like to do. And uh, and and it is it. If you haven't done therapy, here's the thing: you don't have to be mentally ill at all. You could just monologue at someone for a, for a prolonged period of time, and you know they have to be nice to you. You can, oh, woe is me as much as you want, even if you, like me, have, have undergone almost no trauma your entire life. I was talking to a friend recently about growing up, and, and she was talking about uh, growing up with a uh, an abusive family member. And it was one of those moments when you realize, like, oh, yeah, my life was fine. How do I have anxiety? How weak am I? What am I anxious about? It's just, there's no excuse, really. There is no, I'm we're just... The, the middle-class whites are the weakest of people. Emotionally, physically, morally, just so weak. We've never had to withstand anything, and God forbid we ever have to. I'm so concerned about the end of the world because, I look, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Like, climate change is going to be a slow burn if it does bring about the end of the world. You know, when, when suddenly increased flooding, more f- bushfires, less food, more famine, more disease. That's going to suck. Give me nuclear bomb any day of the week. Mutually assured destruction, please. My biggest hope is that in the wake of climate change and just an access, a lack a, an in a lack of access to to fresh food and vegetables, one of the world leaders just goes a little bit nuts and just starts just opens it up, presses the button way too early and we call it a day. If if there's ever a warning about a nuclear warhead heading for Sydney, you better believe I am driving straight to the impact zone. I want, I you know, that's the closest you can get in in a in a nuclear winter to just uh, you know going in, going in your sleep. I want, I want to be gone in an instant. I've been. I don't know if you guys have have been to the uh, the nuclear uh, war museum or the nuclear. What is it called? The uh, atomic bomb, the Atomic Bomb Museum in Hiroshima, uh, as I have, and uh, look, you know, it, it, I I went I went thinking this will be interesting, uh, you know, not really thinking about what that the whole fucking point of that museum was. It's called uh, the National Museum of Peace, by the way. This is, this is a museum from a country that got a, the only country to withstand two atomic bombs and they called it the National Museum of Peace. They might as well call it the National Museum of Learning Your Lesson because they are like, look, we're, we don't want any more of this. And when you go through the museum and you see the effects, you can see why. Because, again, the people on the edges, the people on the edges of the blast zones, those are the ones who grew fingers those are the ones who who cried black for for quite a while. Get me in the middle. Get me right in the middle. It actually the atomic bomb doesn't explode at the ground. It explodes uh, about I don't know hundred meters off the ground. I'm renting a plane. I'm getting as close. I want to be the landing zone for that atomic bomb. Let's 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 out like a light. That would be ideal because. So far, the the most difficult things I've had to experience in my sheltered, privileged life is not getting quite exactly what I want. That's the biggest tragedy to befall me so far. I've lost three grandparents, all at a very reasonable age. That's as far as I've got to go for tragedy. What a grandparent grandparents die. That's what happens. You can't be that sad about it. So what's left? My parents are together. I have a house. I've never been through a breakup. No health scares. All my friends are alive. I, there is a there is a big U-turn coming, and I have none of the preparation required. Um, hey, this is where my mind goes when I've uh, when I've been sick. You, this is what I mean. The slightest bit of adversity, and I just think it's all toppling over. I'm also I'm reading a book about stoicism at the moment, which is a, a branch of philosophy totally built around dealing with, with negative things in your life, and boy, do I need it. I got to hope in 270 pages, A5 pages, by the way, short book that they can they can somehow replicate uh, some form of adversity. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the 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 whitest thing I think of and read my way out of this dilemma. Let's hope that solves the problem. Hey, the special's been out. My comedy special has been out for. A good seven days now, more since you'll be listening to this in the future, but uh, at time of recording this, seven days, and we just hit 30,000 views. What an exciting time to press this button. Thank you. Guys, no, no, thank you. God, seriously, guys, I had to press the button. Stop it, stop it. That's, that's no, it's, it's too much. It's too much, really. How exciting. That was, you know... But also, uh, I, I can't help but take this moment to recognize that life is in fact a treadmill because uh, every every milestone I hit, I'm like, well, that's pretty good. But you know what would be better is more. Do you know Do you know what would be even better than 30,000? 40,000? If I got to 40,000, then I'd be happy. Then I would be really, really content. But... Uh, in comparison to 40,000 30,000 that's 10,000 less i'm 10,000 views away from from you know momentary happiness but no i am i am truly very very uh, happy um, you know what more important to me in all honesty than 30,000 people watching it is the feedback that i've gotten from a, a couple dozen of those people who number one either just said they enjoyed it um, which is you know nice but hey, how about some how about some how about some real feedback? What did you like about it? Tell me specifically. What jokes? Tell me more nice things. Oh, I enjoyed it. Oh god. Thanks for that totally totally ill-thought-out compliment. Give me specifics. All right, this is what I do it for. But, you know, also thank you. You know, the worst thing was people go, "Hey man, I'm about to watch your special." And that's the last thing I've heard from them. There are several people, the last message from them in my comments is, hey, about to turn on ignorant. What happened? I've lost friends over this. But but the people who, there were a few people, especially on YouTube, who uh, I don't know uh, and, you know, who who live in foreign countries and as such are actually, you know, in reality of very little use to me because uh, I I had someone leave a very, very... uh, Beautiful comment from a a part of Israel, um, and uh, I have no plan on ever touring there. But it was lovely that he reached out all the same. But I've had a lot of people kind of reach out and give me exactly the kind of feedback I would hope to get, kind of reflect back at me what it is that I'm trying to do. They were like, oh, you know, smart, dark humor. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I'm going for. You're right. You, You are right. I had someone else leave a comment and say, why isn't this special called The Edgelord? And uh, I'm going to assume that was a personal attack because it hurt. I had someone else make fun of the fact that I was wearing yellow socks with uh, green pants and brown shoes. And fair play, I looked back on that as well. And when I saw the first footage, I was like, "Why am I? What? What was? What was the point of that?" I know, I, I know, you know. It's 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 fun to it's fun to stand out a little. But what what was the what was the ROI on those yellow socks? there was never going to get a compliment. It was only going to get insulted. And it was only going to hurt my feelings when it did. Uh, so that was my thing. Here's one thing I would like to say to anyone who's left a comment across any of my platforms recently. I'm aware I look like Jeffrey Dahmer. All right? I've been told plenty of fucking times. I did a set on Friday night. A woman said it in the middle of my set. Apropos of nothing. Didn't even say you look. Just said, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. And then laughed to herself. <laughs> And none of the crowd laughed and I was like, yeah, that's right, fuck you. And then I said, I repeated it, I said, oh, did you say Jeffrey Dahmer? And then the crowd laughed. I'm like, oh, no, everyone thought it was funny, they just didn't hear it. Furious, absolutely furious that that happened to me. And so I started opening my steps. I started with, I had a proper joke for it because I wear the suit on stage. I said, I'm aware I look like Jeffrey Dahmer chose to represent himself. At least that's a joke. They start laughing as soon as I say Jeffrey Dahmer. It's not even a—it's not even a joke. It's an observation that's been forced upon me. I fucking hate that Netflix show so much for doing this to me. <laughs> no one knew this guy's been alive. Well, he's not alive anymore. This guy was around like thirty to forty years ago, wasn't he? Nineteen eighties, nineties. Must be nineties. And no one ever well, actually—not so true. I did have a guy in a roast battle call me Jeffrey Dumkunt, which uh, at the time didn't do great, but today would kill. He like if I roast battled someone tomorrow, and he said, "Thank you, Jeffrey you I'm um, game over. I might as well just give up right there because it would just murder. It would it would murder the way Jeffrey Dahmer murdered all of those men. Just. Absolutely destroy, and I'm. I it makes me think. You know how, you know how every now and then someone becomes famous for something awful. That that was never famous before, and 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 suddenly your name is just dragged through the mud if you shared their name. Do you know how many Jeffrey Epstein's there are out there, who must just be devastated, as to what happened. That. We're just living their life with what is, you know, especially in the Jewish community, I can only imagine, is a very common name. You you were just the Brian Smith of the Jewish community as a Jeffrey Epstein. And all of a sudden, the amount of jokes that must come your way, they should start a support group for those guys because I'm sure there's thousands of them. Can you imagine how many Jeffrey... And you've got to start going by Jeff or Jay. Or you've got to start going by your middle name, I'd say. And just hope... And just hope that your middle name isn't isn't. Oh, I thought no, she doesn't. She has a different name. What's what was her? What was the woman's name? Jeffrey Epstein and oh, I've totally forgotten her name. You guys must be. I'm I'm certain. I'm certain you guys are just yelling it down the speaker right now. I, I've been in this position before when I'm listening to a podcast and the podcaster forgets a name. Like, how did you forget this fucking person's name, Jeffrey Epstein? I look up. I put. I type Jeffrey into Google. Guess what it comes up? Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Netflix. Jeffrey Dahmer. Brother. Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes. Oh man! Isn't that just the patriarchy in action? You know, a, a woman totally overshadowed by her male counterpart. For all we know, she did just as much to maintain that sex island as he did. But but do I remember her name? No. It's a real shame. That is a real shame. There must be so many people out there who who just happen to have f- names that became famous. Was a uh, hey if, if that's you if uh, if if you were just uh, a regular old who else is if you were just regular old Harvey Weinstein going through your life being like yeah you know what's kind of cool my I have the same name as the guy who started Paramount is it Paramount no Miramax Miramax. Guy started Miramax. Yeah, I I got the same name as that guy who uh, who greenlit Pulp Fiction. That's pretty cool. He he did what? To how many? Huh. I'm gonna have to start going by my middle name. Hmm. Anyway, that's what I'm going through right now. I can't wait for the fucking the the. Thank God we live at a time with such short attention spans. Not short enough to forget Jeffrey Epstein. If your name's Jeffrey Epstein, that's it for life. You got to change your name. You got to take your wife's name, but uh, and hope your wife's last name isn't Dharma. But Jeffrey uh, Je- Jeffrey Dharma. Surely that's gonna. Surely that's gonna blow over. Surely people will forget. I don't even look that much like him. <laughs> And, I mean, in fairness, at least if I was to look like anyone, he is one of the better-looking serial killers. At least I don't look like John Wayne Gacy. Oh, God. Anyway. Has anyone watched that Jeffrey Dahmer? I, I can't bring myself to watch it. I'm too paranoid. I'll, I'm i going to... I this Is is this weird? I don't know if anyone else felt this way. When I found out that Jeffrey Dahmer... Because I kind of knew what Jeffrey Dahmer did a little. I knew he was the one that ate them a little bit. Uh, and, and then when I found out that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer only really did it to gay men, somehow that made me feel better. Like, uh, well, okay, well, at least it wouldn't have happened to me in this hypothetical world, as if it makes any difference. But, uh, you know, for some reason, that was also the fact that from what I heard, like he did most of the fuck shit after he'd already... He's like, he just strangled them and then he ate them. So like, oh, well, after the strangulation, I'm out anyway, so do what you will. Um you know, I I will donate my body to science or culinary school. Either way it works for me. You go, you go for your life, Jeffrey. Oh, YouTube comments are less talk toxic, toxic than TikTok comments. I will say, because TikTok, it's it's amazing. You know, at least in YouTube, when people hate you, they let you know why. I've had some pretty hurtful comments on YouTube, but it's like it's it's very thought out. The hurtful comments I've had on YouTube are like. Oh, just, you're, you're just saying the darkest thing possible just to get shock value laughter. This isn't real comedy. And I'm like, well, at least you've thought about it. And in some ways that hurts a little bit because it does reflect my deepest fears and insecurities about my comedy. But, you know, because it's only one or two, it's, it's not that deluge of just constant. Like I've only got 60 comments on my YouTube special in total. In my TikTok, I could get hundreds of comments on a single video and they will just go hell for leather, ill-thought-out personal attacks. This is fucking shit again and again and again. Not funny. This is one that young people, that, uh, that they do like the, the emoji of just like the straight face, of just like the, the, the lips aren't going up or down. It's just straight. Like, this is my face during this video. Oh, God. Why did you feel the need? The idea, someone sits through a video of someone trying to be funny, and they're like, I didn't enjoy this. Now the world needs to know. This is, this is the generation that we're bringing up. Hey, this wasn't to my exact liking, uh, and now that's your problem. Oh. Hey, I've, I've, I've had an idea. I've had an idea for a, for a new podcast recently. Okay. I want to see how many people would be interested in, in this. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to do it, but I think it's a great idea. If you want to run with this, if you want to run with this and start a podcast way more successful than this one, which, if I'm being perfectly honest, low bar, I believe in you. I think you can do that. Um Here's what I'm I reckon. All right, the first one I had, which look, I tried to I tried to start Chardon Schadenfre- Fridays. I think it's a great idea, Chardon Fridays. I think Chardon Fridays could be a podcast in of itself. Uh, but uh, very few of you got back to me, and the one who did, that was, I mean, I it kind of baffled me that you got Chardon fried. i Oh god, I'm I'm not 100. percent Can you pick it up? That you got Chardon fried out of what is just an awful, very very sad situation. How I I shouldn't be and fra- I shouldn't be shard and shaming you. You know, whatever you well, you know. Don't yuck anyone's yum. Ugh, isn't that a ironically, isn't the phrase don't yuck my yum a disgusting sentence? If, I don't know if you've heard that before, but basically what that is is it's a it's a catch cry of people with questionable sexual desires telling you to leave them alone. Um I don't know why kink shaming isn't acceptable. What if what if kink shaming gets me off? Then, then, where do we, where do we go from here? We should be able to kink shame people. I think we, I think we should all be in agreement that uh, sexual conservatism is the only proper way to be. But so, not and Fridays. Look, if you, if you got, if you got stuff, get in touch because I think, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a cause worth celebrating. Let's, let's benefit off other people's misfortune. It's like Splendor in the Grass, twenty twenty two, every Friday. It, take take a look at someone having a bad time, and you milk it, give it some meaning, give it some purpose. Why not? But um, I'm sorry for sniffing in the microphone all this time. By the way, um, a, a, a better podcast host would go back and remove them. But well, you've listened to the first 22 minutes of this, and, and I, I I'll tell you this: I haven't just missed like a handful of them. I I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Here, what about this? I did it off camera, off camera, off mic. All of this is off camera. I've stopped recording. But, all right, I reckon there is a a great podcast in reviewing batshit insane 2000s reality TV shows. Because there was a period where it was just, when when we had like those mid-2000s low moral standards combined with an ever-growing media landscape, which was just, it, it was just perfection. Especially because I think the difference is, you know, it's not like we we were low moral, we were, you know, high moral standards in the, in the 1900s. And it's not even that like, I think, I think morality is a, is a straight line. I think we're just constantly kind of, it's got a bot, it's got a, it's got a like peak out at some stage, right? There has to reach a point where like, okay, we have normalized everything that is worth normalizing. All right. We found a way to normalize schizophrenia. I didn't think we'd do it, but we did. We, we managed, we managed to make that work. That's it. Everything we judge now deserves judgment. But what about pedophiles? Nope, we're not. We know they have no control over it. We know it's not their choice. We're still judging it. All right. At some stage, we're going to have to reach that. That we're just going to. We're going to run out of things. We're going to run out of things to not shame. Every. To, it's going to everything that gets shamed now deserves it. Uh, but I think the difference is like before that time, before the the mid 2000s You only had so much media that you could fill, and also not everything was digitized, so we don't have just like, you can't just delve into every single TV show that existed in the 70s at a moment's notice, but you can do that for anything that happened after 2006 when YouTube was released, all right? I'm I'm thinking of a couple in particular. I mean, the first one that's an obvious one is The Swan. Does everyone remember The Swan? For those who don't recall, The Swan was a TV show in which uh, they took a number of ugly ducklings. I'm pretty sure that's the term they used in the show. If you know, I look at it, if not, it is true to the fairy tale. Uh, an, an ugly duckling, uh, and they took them into this huge mansion that had no mirrors on the walls, and they taught them to love themselves regardless of how they look. No, that's not what they did at all. What they did was they applied thousands and thousands of dollars of plastic surgery to these women in an effort to make them fit to society. Isn't that great? Why aren't we talking about this all the time? Why aren't we just constantly watching reruns of The Swan and wondering how it all went wrong? Isn't that one of the most amazing... Imagine pitching that in 2022. We're going to take uh some some less than attractive women. Wait, 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 sorry. Is that what you're going to call them? No, no, no. What we're going to call them is ugly ducklings. All right, keep going. Never mind. I was going to pitch that to you, but no, you, you're 10 steps ahead. Ugly ducklings, I'm with you. So what are we going to do with these fugly chicks? All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the world's best plastic surgeons. Can't afford the world's best. All right, we're going to take some very average run-of-the-mill plastic surgeons. Done. And we're just going to throw the fucking kitchen sink at them. I'm talking facelifts, nose jobs, shave down the chin. We're going to do liposuction. We're going to tighten up those buttocks. Whatever. We're going to get a dartboard. And on every part of the dartboard, we're going to have a different cosmetic maneuver. And we're just going to start throwing. All right. Until that board is just covered. Uh, and, 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 And then... And then they do the big reveal where they, because remember, this woman's in a mansion. She hasn't seen her own face for 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 weeks, and I don't really know, like, because it takes a really long time to recover from plastic surgery, right? It's not like it's not like this is a seventy-two hour transformation. You need to set aside a lot of time for this, because otherwise, the big unveil is like, all right, now I know it's not exactly what you had in mind, but trust me, the bruising will go down, okay? I know, I know right now your face looks very puffy. I know right now you kind of look like a pillow with eyes. But trust me, if you ice this for two to three weeks uh, and refuse to make any facial expressions whatsoever, it'll settle real nice. So presumably they're in this mansion without seeing themselves for a long time. What would that be like? And I always wondered how deep they go, like, were they, what about, like, sh- shiny surfaces? Was there some kind of handler, like, every time they looked into a marble benchtop, like, no, 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 no. None of that, thank you. I'm afraid are not going to have any televisions in here. You're going to have to read a book. We can only have entertainment that doesn't have any, even the slightest hint of reflection. So presumably they're in there without seeing their own face for weeks and then they do the big unveil, which is just them looking into a mirror and breaking into tears. Uh, And whether those are tears of, oh, my God, I look beautiful or, oh, my God, what have I done, is suitably ambiguous. We never really land on on, on whether that was the case or not. What a fantastic show. This is... I, I'm every now, I have heard people bringing up once or twice on on different podcasts and stuff. But it's just one of those things where it's like that. That was a real thing we did. That was a real. That was a real. That was a real thing. And you know what? I'll be lying if I said I'm not going to go off and and Google that right now and have a look at just how some how great some of these transformations were. Also, where are they now? Oh my goodness, where is the Swan reunion in 2022? That's what I want to see. I want to see. Ryan Seacrest because he will obviously be able to relate to all those women who have had millions of dollars worth of plastic surgery cumulatively amongst them. He'll 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 be able to get that. I mean, all we, you know, if we want it for a younger generation, we could just get uh we could just get Zac Efron to do it. You know? We could get Zac Efron. Uh although that'll be a little bit cruel because he will have to watch him the 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 effects of, of plastic surgery, how that ages over time. When you give it to women who couldn't afford it in the first place, who, let's get me honest, are not going to be afford the upkeep. They're not going to be able to maintain that level of, of plastic surgery for, for, for 20 years. I, I would like to point out, at this stage, if you're listening to this, that actually everything I'm saying here is a very progressive opinion wrapped in conservative irony. Uh, that, that this might seem misogynistic to uh, the layman, but is actually, in its intent... Quite feminist. If, uh, if a, a little, uh, I don't know. If, if perhaps a, a little bit gleeful in the misery of these women. I, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine what you must, what happens when you run into old acquaintances? I mean, presumably they just don't recognize you. You have to be very selective about who. You're, you're at a supermarket and you see someone you went to high school walk behind you and you go, Becky! And they're like, have we met before? And you have to go, oh, fuck, that's right. I look like a totally different person. You And you need to decide, like, do, did I miss Becky enough to explain to her the entire premise of the TV show, The Swan, to explain how I had access to one of the man who was one of Hollywood's greatest plastic surgeons until he had his license revoked in mysterious circumstances. I can only imagine that's how they made that cost effective. Plastic surgery is super expensive, right? Like good plastic surgery is. Good plastic... They've got to be like, look, we can we can make do with average plastic surgery and great makeup artists because they only need to look beautiful for that one shot. Um, the rest of their life, that's their problem. Is this... Too dark. I had other, I had other reality TV shows to talk about, but uh, but I don't think I want to throw these away. I think these are good ones. I'll, I'll 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 give you a little sneak peek, a reason to come back. I definitely want to talk about what queer eye used to be, right? Because it used to be queer eye for the straight guy, but now everyone gets it. They've even taken that away from us. So that doesn't seem fair. And the other one was a little show on MTV for a while. I remember I was at a friend's house. And uh, we were a little hungover. And boy, did we hit the jackpot for the all-day MTV marathon of a little show called Tool Academy. Now, I don't know if you saw Tool Academy, but if you haven't, you missed out. All right. It's one of, oh, one of the all, and, and my friend might be listening to this, and James, rest assured, I'm going to dedicate an entire entire episode of Shows From Respect, Tom Whitcomb's talking to delve into the psychology behind the, VH1 uh, short-lived series Tool Academy because what a program. But we don't have time for today. We're, we're wrapping it up. Can you believe it already? Can you believe I had 30 minutes of things to, t- to talk about? I-, I didn't. I surely didn't. But with that, we got we got to, we got to bring it to a, to a close the way that we always do. With our, shows of respect, Tom Wickham is talking, 3-2-1 of the week. Who do the points go to? All right. Well, one point has to go to uh, Bing Fraser. Bing Fraser, the first sponsor of this podcast when I was taking sponsorships. Also the only person to respond to my Chardon Friday message on Instagram. Thanks for listening, Bing. Uh, The rest of you listeners, I'm very disappointed in you. Two points. Two points has to go to the NRL for having a very tough week, having one of the most forgetful, one of the most forgettable NRL grand finals in recent memory. And then having not just one, but two. Uh, player assault scandals in the two days following, as well as the Penrith Panthers just generally making a dick of themselves in their celebrations. It's been a tough week for the NRL, so uh, two points to you guys. And finally, three points goes to my doppelganger, Jeffrey Dahmer, having a fantastic week as far as his public profile goes, having one of the most successful times in in his whole uh, posthumous life. Uh, It's a shame he wasn't here to see it. I think he would have loved to see how people reacted to his story. So three points to my man, Jeffrey Dahmer. Congrats again on all the newfound success. We miss you, buddy. Uh, Until next week, I'm going to leave it there. I fulfilled my obligations for the week. Have you? We've listened to this. That's one step down. But until next time, I'm going to leave you to it. Have a fantastic week. See ya.